Free Talk Live, and phones are open here. You can join us. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, apparently Facebook has themselves an AI as well. We've been discussing AI over the last few weeks here on Free Talk Live from time to time. Well, and Facebook's is just a chatbot. They're not making any pretext that it's an AI. It's just a chatbot. Okay. Well, apparently it can lie to you. And Aria, you've got that story on the way here tonight. With you tonight, by the way, it is Ian. Nobody. And Aria. Uh, but I want to start out tonight with something that is really awful in the in the news from the world of cryptocurrency, something that is near and dear to our hearts. Um, Aria, you and I are still prohibited from using cryptocurrency under some ridiculous bail conditions thanks to the Crypto 6 case where uh, the three of us were being prosecuted along with three of our uh, close friends. And nobody, you're the first to actually be allowed to use cryptocurrency since there's been a plea uh, arrangement in your situation. You are now a sentenced uh, person in that particular case. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, you can't use this tornado cash because now the federal government has dis- decreed, because that's all they apparently they had to do, was just the Treasury Department just released a, you know, a decree that now this mixing technology for Ethereum called tornado cash is now sanctioned. Now, what does that actually mean? What, what are sanctions? Well, remember, you know, it's what sanction is this weird word, right? Like. It it has this feel of oh that doesn't sound so bad right like oh well it's a weird word because it can also mean that you approve of correct, something right correct which is why when I think when a lot of people who don't know really what a government sanction is when they hear stories about sanctions in the news like the U S sanctioning uh, Iran and whatever they don't really understand what that means and as we've explained that when it comes to people in other countries Iran North Korea. I think Cuba still has some sanctions on it. And when it comes to other countries, it means you cannot do business with those people. Right. It means that that is prohibited, that you will go to prison if you try to just buy something from somebody there or sell something to somebody there. It's absolutely insane. And as we've pointed out, it hurts the average people of those countries. It does not do anything to the political class who are sitting pretty. With or without the sanctions. Yeah, it only ever hurts the little people. Like the little Americans here that get hurt when the United States government does something stupid. Those same people on that same level are being hurt in Iran and North Korea and all of these other places throughout the world because, you know, the United States government is like, hey, we're crazy and we want to exercise violence against everyone. Right. That's what sanctions are. It's It's a threat of violence if you do a thing that the government gang says you can't do now. And all of a sudden, this morning, apparently, according to a variety of different news sources, this one happens to be Coindesk, they announced that it has been black. Even Biden announced this from his uh, his official Twitter account, the president a Twitter account. So I think this came from the highest levels of government. The Treasury Department has banned all Americans from using decentralized crypto mixing service Tornado Cash. The Office of Foreign Assets Control, and they're a fun bunch, OFAC, a watchdog agency tasked with preventing sanctions violations on Monday added Tornado Cash to its specially designated nationals list, a running tally of blacklisted people, entities, and cryptocurrency addresses. As a result, all U.S. persons and entities are prohibited from interacting with Tornado Cash or any of the Ethereum wallet addresses tied to the protocol. Well, I can already see they're going to have a really hard time enforcing this, right? 
Because I mean, unless you've made your Ethereum address no Public. Yeah, there's yeah. really no way for them to tie your Ethereum address to you as an individual, in theory. Yep. And they would have to be able to do that in order to enforce this. That's true. Um, and you'd have to, wouldn't you have to know about it? it I, I realize ignorance of the law is no, no excuse, excuse unless you're Hillary mm. Clinton, right? But yeah. it seems like if this is, this is an open source thing, right? Uh, I don't know if you got it to that on the air, but yeah, Tornado Cash is open yet. source. Correct. The government, it just seems like they got their work cut out for them to try to enforce this and for it to be legally binding, for this to hold up legally in front of the Supreme Court or whatever. Not that any of that really matters, but it just seems unlikely. Well, that's the tough part, right? It's like, how do you challenge this decree, essentially? You would have to presumably be affected by it, number one. So maybe the tornado cash people, whoever the programmers are, I presume many of them don't live in the United States because they'd probably be snatched up and prosecuted uh but whoever the tornado cash people are maybe they would have standing to fight this otherwise you would have to catch criminal charge uh for violating sanctions and then maybe you could fight it through uh through that avenue it's very very difficult i mean uh we're facing criminal charges and potentially the rest of our lives in prison aria over some allegations regarding how we interacted with banks yeah. uh, in re- in relation to bitcoin so they are attacking on all fronts the world of yes. cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And it's not just them. It's the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, going after organizations like Library, accusing them of being uh, securities. And mm-hmm. now they've they've had to spend millions of dollars in court, which isn't over yet, uh, but you know, to try to prove that they're not. We are going to have to go to court and spend God knows how much uh, you know, on attorney's fees and experts and that sort of thing to you know, defend our case. But how does Tornado Cash, which is essentially, from what I understand, it's just, it's code. It's open source code. It's, uh, some people d- described it as a protocol. I have not looked deeply enough in, into it to really know much about how, it's just an Ethereum mixer, right. from what I understand. How do they defend themselves from this? How does uh, Tornado Cash defend themselves, yeah. I mean? I don't think that they can, right? Because as you pointed out, they would have to come forward and say, hey, look, we're contributors in this, right, in this program. And then yeah. the government, oh, okay, well, you're the ones who violated sanctions. Here's your arrest warrant. Yeah, that's true. Tornado Cash has been a key tool, they claim, in the Lazarus Group, a North Korean hacking group tied to the $625 million March hack of Axie Infinity's Ronin network, according to the Treasury Department. Blockchain analysis showed that tens of millions of dollars worth of crypto stolen from Ronin flowed through Tornado Cash, which is designed to obfuscate the source of funds. OFAC previously uh, sanctioned Blender.io, another mixing service that the Treasury Department alleged was used to launder proceeds from ransomware attacks, as well as about $20.5 million in crypto stolen from Ronin. So I feel like, did we even cover that previously? I guess that was earlier this year. I don't recall covering it. So this isn't the first time. This uh, Whether Blender or .io was open source or not, I don't know. But this one definitely is. So that might be the key difference here is Blender might have been like a, you know, their own website, keeping it to themselves, closed source kind of thing, whereas Tornado Cash open. I don't know if that's that's the case. But It's that. really dumb legally. It's the equivalent of making automobiles illegal because some people rob banks and they yes. use automobiles as the getaway car. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who created this technology created it for privacy. And there are a lot of really great privacy tools out there in the marketplace There are a lot of people that use privacy tools simply because they value privacy, not because that they are doing something that is money laundering or drug dealing or whatever it is that the government doesn't like. 
that they may just not want anybody to know their business because it's their business. Well, to be clear, the government likes all of those things, the money laundering, the drug dealing, and all of that. It just doesn't like it when other people do it. Do it, yeah. Hmm. That's true. Uh, Tornado Cash, quote, has been the go-to mixer for cyber criminals looking to launder the proceeds of crime, as well as helping to enable hackers, including those currently under U.S. sanctions, to launder the proceeds of their cyber crimes by covering up the origin and transfer of this illicit virtual currency, according to the Treasury Department bureaucrats' release. They said further, since its creation in 2019, Tornado Cash has reportedly laundered more than $7 billion worth of virtual currency, end quote. The head of legal and government affairs and analytics firm TRM Labs told Coindesk the move is the Treasury Department's, quote, largest, most impactful action, unquote, in uh, crypto to date. Now, I'm no money laundering expert, but it seems to me that it's silly to accuse Thundercash, if that's her name right, I've already forgotten it. Uh, Tornado. Tornado Cash, Cash. of laundering money when it's the individuals using Tornado Cash that could have been laundering money, in theory. But Tornado Cash itself... Could not have been because they didn't know that these sorts of the funds was fraudulent. Tornado Cash is simply code. How yeah, could it doesn't it know, know anything? anything. Right. And why should Tornado Cash have any obligation to do anything, especially if it's not in the United States, especially if it's, you know, a website or servers or whatever, because there's obviously something somewhere running the code, right? There's some yeah. sort of computer. It may just be the Ethereum network. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, as I understand it, this is actually a smart contract is what this is, essentially an Ethereum smart contract. So there's not even one central server, except for maybe the website that, that hosts you know, the interface for the code. Uh, there's more coming up here, and you can join us. Share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about a technology uh, called Tornado Cash, which is a not a Bitcoin mixer, apparently, but an Ethereum mixer. And for listeners that aren't uh, familiar with the idea of mixing, there was a a misunderstanding early on in the world of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and that is that it's anonymous. Bitcoin's anonymous, and it will help you hide things or whatever. And that is not true. Bitcoin is actually completely public. The blockchain, this is also true of Ethereum, which is the second most popular uh, cryptocurrency on the planet. Ethereum is also very, very public. There's no uh, hidden option like there is with uh, with other currencies or Monero, for instance, which is always uh, obscured from from public view. I would suggest that Ethereum is even more public than Bitcoin because generally your Ethereum addresses don't change because you're using it for all of these different smart contracts mm-hmm. and all these different mm-hmm. tokens. You can change, you change it, right? It, yeah, but it's but not. I mean, yeah. If you're using the Edge wallet or the Coinami wallet or something, one of those will generate a new Bitcoin address for you or a new Bitcoin cash address for you every time you receive. Right, but not with Ethereum. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, so they are coming after this technology, which is a, a mixer. And nobody, are you able to explain simply for un-technical, you know, non-technical listeners what a mixer is and why it's valuable to people? Well, if you, if you uh, want to send a transaction without having it uh, traced. Um, it's like, uh, say you wanted to sell, uh, send somebody some, uh, some milk, okay? And so instead of sending the milk directly to them, you send it to a giant bowl and everybody's milk gets mixed together and then 
Um, and then the milk is dispensed from the bowl to other people, and nobody knows what's, who sent what to whom. It would be very difficult to discern which particles of the, the milk uh, that were mixed with the others were going, going from one place to another. Specifically. Right. And that's a really, that's actually a good, really good analogy here. And that's basically what's going on with these mixers is, yeah, Bitcoin and Ethereum are still public blockchains. You can still trace the coins, but going into these mixers makes it very, very difficult, as I understand it, to actually be able to confirm, you know, knowingly be able to say, okay, this started here and it ended up over here. And so therefore we still know what's going on. It makes it, it brings in a lot of uh, obscurity. And that's one of the reasons why the government gang is after these people. They they do not like obscurity. They don't well, except when it comes to their own stuff. They don't want to have right. transparency on their own. Uh, but they don't like it when you have privacy. And so now they're coming after Tornado Cash, which, by the way, uh, they're I'm pretty sure their website is down. The code itself has been deleted from GitHub. Now GitHub is. Remember back a couple of years ago when Microsoft bought GitHub, mm-hmm. and we saw this coming, right? We knew, oh, of course, you know that uh, oh, Microsoft, a big tech mega corporation, is now running this website that is for listeners that don't know. It's this source, open source website uh, where people that have projects that are open source can post their code, and other people can work on it together, and it's a sort of collaborative thing. And the site was very, very popular, and then Microsoft took it over, and I, I, I'm pretty sure there were some number of people that immediately started building alternatives uh, to, mm-hmm. to GitHub. And are, well, you can't trust Microsoft. Exactly, because they are essentially part of the state at this point. They're doing the state's bidding. And so, like, within some number of hours, maybe within you know minutes, Microsoft had taken this code for Tornado Cache, which was open source, completely off of the GitHub website. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Even though the code didn't do anything illegal. Right. Correct. The code's just code. It's yes. just somebody wrote some stuff. And and because the US government is upset how some people used that may have allegedly used this code, mm-hmm. they completely wiped it from the internet. Well or well, they it's not wiped it from the internet. They wiped it from the GitHub. Yeah. Right. They yes. attempted to. Certainly, there are people that have copies of uh, of this code. Now, well, where, where it has popped up by now, I'm, I don't know. I have not been following it. What if it's on library? That's an interesting question. Uh, library does let you upload files, but I don't think it's probably the best system for collaboration on on code. I bet you there's some alternatives. I know nobody. You were mm-hmm. running some sort of alternative for uh, Coplock.app, right? Yeah, I was running a uh, self hosted um, version called Gidea. Mm-hmm. And I ended up transitioning to uh, GitLab. What's that? Uh, GitLab is similar to GitHub. Um, it's a website that uh, they basically do the uh, do the administration for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a competitor to GitHub. Is it? Yeah. Purportedly more friendly to uh, you know freedom, or is it there? You well, know, I mean, of, it's not run by Microsoft. Yeah, but if, are they based um, in the U.S.? So if they got a notice from the federal government, they'd probably do the their bidding as well. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but but you're saying there are self-hosted options that people can just put up. Yeah, a server. there are self-hosted options. So that's definitely the way to go for somebody that's doing something like this, like Tornado Cash. If you're working on a privacy-related cryptocurrency project, whatever mm. it might be, do not host your code somewhere outside of you know don't host your code anywhere you don't have control over it basically I guess. certainly don't make that the only place right. you, you host your code 
Yeah, because that's um, gone now. I also keep um, full backups of what's on uh, on GitLab. So if GitLab took me down, you would lose one interface to the code, but the code would not disappear. There was also another interesting aspect of this, and that is that apparently, uh, again, I don't. I've never been to Tornado Cash, so I don't know exactly what services it offered. If it was an Ethereum mixer, then in theory, I'm going to guess they also offer the ability to mix Ethereum tokens as well because of what has happened here. And what has happened is a stablecoin known as USDC, which is one of the top two stablecoins on the planet right now. And a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency token ostensibly backed by something. In this case, mm-hmm. the U.S. dollar with USDC. And guess who's in charge of USDC? I don't know. The C stands for Coinbase and Circle. So Coinbase ah. and Circle teamed up, I believe, to uh, to create this competitor to the what I think is still currently the top stablecoin, which is Tether. Uh, and it has become very, very popular. And so apparently what happened today... What is with exchanges all trying to create their own dollar tether? It seems, it seems silly to me, especially someone like Coinbase, right? You got the Binance coin, you got the Paxos one, you've got US dollar tether, which is well, run by an exchange, thankfully. But I mean, going all the way back to like Nova coin and the Nova exchange... There must be a like way that. to make money off of it, right? So if you think about it like this, uh, they take in users' dollars, put them in a bank account... And then invest them into things, essentially, knowing that the odds that the users of the stablecoin are going to demand the dollars are very, very slim. Like, why would you, if you're using a stablecoin where you can send it anywhere on the planet within seconds, you don't have to go through the banking system, why would you want to trade those back in for dollars, right? So they know there's probably Spend not... a bit Burger King. Yeah, there's, they know there's probably not going to be a run on the bank for their stablecoin, so they can just invest those things and make money, essentially, off of their inventory. Not to mention some portion of them will just get lost as people lose their keys or access that's to their true. wallets or yeah, whatever. That's a good point. So, uh, but in this case, what happened is USDC has now blacklisted the Tornado Cash Ethereum contracts, meaning that if you had, according to Martin Koppelman on Twitter, if you had USDC deposited in the Tornado Cash system, you cannot access it anymore, even if everything you did was perfectly legit and legal. They have completely frozen all of it. More coming up. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open and you can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. We were just informed that uh, there's breaking news right now. Apparently, this came out uh, one minute before we went on the air tonight, that uh, Donald Trump apparently is now facing, is having an FBI raid of his Mar-a-Lago estate down in Florida 
Uh, we can. Talk. Is this actually a raid? Not clear. Or is it, he's they like tweeting politely so. knock on his door, like "Excuse me, Mr. Trump," because I wouldn't really call that a raid. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently he is tweeting or whatevering, whatever they call it, truthing on his uh, Truth Social or wherever it is he's posting these days. So he doesn't have handcuffs on. It. It sounds like at I'm this definitely point. saying that's not a raid. Look, well, as someone who's been raided by the FBI, you don't get an option to tweet about it while it's happening. That's generally true. Yeah, that's that's generally the case. They take your all of your devices, even if you're not under arrest, which the first time they raided this studio, no one was arrested, but they certainly right. didn't uh, allow us to go anywhere and they didn't allow us to have any phones or anything like that. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk more about the Trump thing that's developing as we speak. Uh, I do have a story about that, but we're starting. We started the show. Interesting. They didn't do it at five o'clock in the, in morning. the morning. Yeah, another they, good point. That's how they usually do it. Uh, that's for peasants correct so they're targeting the crypto community hard and they're coming after something called tornado cash now it is an open source mixing software it's just software and as coindesk uh, coindesk.com puts it here sanctions may not halt tornado cash itself from operating the co-founder roman Semenov. Previously told Coindesk, the privacy service was designed to operate without centralized control. While he and his team write and publish code, a decentralized autonomous organization, which they call in the world of crypto a DAO, D-A-O, has to approve any changes before they're made. Quote, the protocol was specifically designed this way to be unstoppable because it wouldn't make much sense if some third party, such as a developer, would have control over it. This would be the same as if someone had control over Bitcoin or Ethereum, he told Coindesk. The developers went so far as to make open source their entire user interface, allowing anyone to weigh in on the code or the mixer's design. So not only was the code of the mixing technology open source, but the code of the website and the interface that they were utilizing was also made completely open source. And it sounds like that was the right decision to make and in good time, too, because that was a recent development. Oh, okay. uh, Good for them. Depositing funds into Tornado Cash places them into a pool of other users' token. From uh, from here, users can withdraw their funds to another address while concealing where they came from originally. And Tornado Cash says it is non-custodial, meaning users maintain complete control of their funds at all times, which is a pretty important thing. It seems difficult for a mixer to pull off, but I don't well, know the technicalities. So they can just they can smart contract that stuff. Okay. Uh, even if those funds are technically in one of the pools. Semenov previously told Bloomberg that it would be technically impossible for sanctions to be applied to protocols like Tornado. Well, that's just it. The government doesn't understand the technicalities of this stuff. And if they do, they don't care. They just know they have guns, they have men with badges, they have cages, and they're willing to throw as much of that stuff at what they consider to be a problem as possible in the hopes that they can stop it. Yes. And that's what they're trying to do here. They're they're trying to outlaw computer code for the very first time, apparently. Now, again, the, there was the incident with Blender.io apparently earlier this year, but it's not clear as to whether or not that was an open source project. So they're they're going after open source code and saying that you are prohibited. You, if you're in the United States, are prohibited from utilizing this code. I mean, that is just... That, the precedence... Of that or the precedent of that is absolutely insane as far as freedom of speech is concerned. 
right? Because that's mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about code, which is something that people, human beings, wrote down, and then they put it into you know they they compiled it in a, in a computer to turn it into a program, basically. And they're saying that that is now a criminal act to utilize that code. There's so many there's so many reasons that this is a terrible idea. It's like making Google illegal because someone looked up how to commit a murder or how to get away yeah. with murder or something like that or banning Microsoft Word because someone, you know, wrote, wrote a suicide mm. document or a murder plan or yep. whatever. It, None of these tools are in and of themselves doing anything illegal, right? Except it, those are the organizations we know they'll never go after because those are both big corporations that own many politicians. Well, right. even if we're talking um, about something smaller like LibreOffice or something like that, it, it would still be absurd. It and, would be. But the, one of the other differences besides what you pointed out, Nobody, is that all of those things that you talked about are not a threat to the status quo. LibreOffice may be a threat to Microsoft Word. Oh, I but doubt it. LibreOffice has been the champion since 1997. Sure, but it isn't threatening the Treasury Department, and it's not True. threatening the Federal Reserve and their domination of the world of money. That's what Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and cryptocurrency in general is is doing. It is threatening the money system. It is threatening the stranglehold that the federal government has over people's it money. It is threatening the just us system. Yes, and they are going there. This is just the beginning. And some people were saying, on social media today if they can do this and get away with this because again who can challenge this as you pointed out Ari, if these people stand up and say oh yeah we we program that one of them apparently is public but i bet you all of them aren't uh the programmers then they'll just come after those individuals so what about monero if they can sanction code now and say that this piece of code and any of its copies are illegal then what's to stop them from saying that, well, we have evidence that Monero has been used for criminal purposes. We know that this person over here who pled guilty to money laundering and this person over here who pled guilty to money transmission, and they all said they were using Monero, and so therefore we know it's used for criminal purposes. We're going to sanction Monero. What it seems to get worse in Monero's case, right? Because all of Monero is basically constantly running through these mixers. You never know where. I mean, every single little Monero it's, yeah, it's could be completely obscured. There's, there's yeah. not even mixing per se, as I understand. No, but it, it but could be the results of criminal proceeds, and no one could ever possibly know. So, if they wanted to prevent, you know, any criminal proceeds from being used in Monero, their only option is to ban all of Monero. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what's to stop them now? If they can get away with banning code, well, how are they going to? They can't enforce a ban. But on that's Monero. the thing. They can go after the companies, right? Yeah, so, they can go after Edge Wallet. Edge and Wallet. Exodus. They're based in yeah. San Diego. Any wallet company that's based in the United States would then be forced to strip Monero from their code. What about? Aren't there open source wallets? What? Of course there are. Edge is open source. Yeah, Edge is open source. Uh, but the company itself would then have to no longer support Monero. Every uh, well, We've already seen this being done not without government action, but uh, remember, I think it was Bittrex, one of the, the, the domestic Bitcoin exchanges that used to have Monero and used to have Dash and other quote-unquote privacy coins. Now, Dash isn't really a privacy coin, but it kind of has a mixer built in. It's like one of the oldest technologies. Mixing is actually really old privacy technologies, like the first privacy tech for uh, for cryptocurrency. These... And it shows. I mean, it's not foolproof or anything no, like that. You, you can trace money that's been sent through a mixer. It's, it's hard. Just difficult. But... 
Um, so, but the, do you remember when they did that? Nobody, because I know you had a Bittrex account at one point, and they made an announcement. Mm-hmm. They were getting rid of all the privacy coins off their platform. They there was no reason for it. There was no rationale uh, for it. And best we could guess is like you know somebody told them they had to, right? Like they're yeah. trying to make somebody happy. Yeah, some CEO or CFO or whatever bought drugs off Silk Road or whatever, and the government came knocking and said, "Hey, do this or uh, or we're else." Gonna, yeah. I mean, we've heard this story time and time again of people involved in cryptocurrency. You know, they do something dumb or some some friend of theirs does something dumb and suddenly someone's knocking at your door saying, hey, look, we want you to do this or we're taking you to prison. The senior Treasury Department official said during a press conference that the agency would continue monitoring mixers and could take further action if Tornado Cash continues as is. Quote, since we sanctioned virtual currency mixer Blender.io, we have not seen evidence to suggest it has remained active post that designation. We do believe this action will send a really critical message to the private sector about the risks associated with mixers writ large, which obviously is designed to inhibit Tornado Cash or any sort of reconstituted versions of it to continue to operate. So they, yeah, they're they're going after any any uh, implementation of this code. There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Yeah! It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. At 603-283-6160, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. By the way, Bitcoin.com is a great place to start learning about cryptocurrency. You can click Get Started at the top of the page, and that's where you'll find a lot of valuable information, introductory videos to give you some of the basics about crypto. They're not going to tell you how zero-knowledge proofs work. That gets really technical. Thank God. Uh, but that's you know, <laughs> if you're interested in learning that stuff, there are resources out there for it. But you know, explaining the ideas of decentralization when it comes to uh, transferring value and getting the banks and the governments out of the picture of money. You can learn some of the basics over at Bitcoin.com. Just click Get Started at the top of the page. And if you want to get the latest news headlines from the world of cryptocurrency, they've got those for you there uh, at News.Bitcoin.com. That's their news site. It's News.Bitcoin.com. You can do a lot over at Bitcoin.com, including buying your first cryptocurrencies. And uh, it is a world that is constantly in flux. It's constantly changing. The price of a Bitcoin, by the way, cracked through uh, $24,000 earlier today, so always nice to see things maybe possibly going back up again. That's with, good news. With crypto, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but go to Bitcoin.com and start learning today. We're going to your phone calls and thoughts. We can talk more about this attack, the latest attack on crypto by the federal government gang, outlawing code, outlawing computer code called Tornado Cash, which was used to mix Ethereum, which is the second most popular cryptocurrency on the planet right now. Uh, but let's go first to Tom. He's calling from New Hampshire. Go ahead, Tom. It's about uh, Joe Biden going and visiting Kentucky where they had all that flooding. Uh, and of course, he's heartbroken about all the devastation as if it's a, any proper uh, matter for the government. But you know uh, what a libertarian, an orthodox libertarian politician would say when one of the locals says, my car got destroyed in the flood. You know know what the correct response is? No, what? That's what you get for using the overflow parking lot. Really? That was what you were calling about? All right, thanks. Uh, 603. 283-6160. 283-6160. Dude, that was, that was absolutely terrible. disgusting, man. I mean, a terrible joke. On the, on the lowest end of the lowest jokes. That was, yeah, was bad. That was bad. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> we all the just the proper like, answer is actually, well, I'm sure you had insurance because you're a uh, rational person. That would be a good. That would be a good response. I don't think insurance covers uh, acts of God, though, does it? Um, they do, and they don't like the Katrina thing. And I realize this is housing insurance rather mm-hmm. than, or you know, property insurance rather than automobile insurance. But they, they covered water damage, but not wind damage. And the way they ended up getting away and not having to pay anyone was like characterizing all of the Katrina damages as, as wind, wind damage instead. Hmm. So it probably hmm. depends. Well, if it weren't for the wind, the water wouldn't have blown into the house. That, right? That's what they argued, right? <laughs> Something to that effect. It was completely insane. Wow. Hmm. But they got away with it because you know they're the big insurance company sure. and they're well, closely and tied they to have the government to protect them right yeah and then the government just created a new fema act or whatever and sent 300 million dollars down there and they yeah. bought you know 1983 hoopties for people to replace their 1999 oldsmobiles with and everything was fine except you know for all the people who got screwed over big likes big and that's what we're talking about here with this uh, attack on cryptocurrency specifically the tornado cash uh, mixer, which again was mixing Ethereum and I presume also the Ethereum tokens, because apparently the company named Circle, which as I understand it teamed up with Coinbase to create the USDC stablecoin, froze over $75,000 worth of USDC. Now, you know, that may not sound like a whole lot of money as far as these, these crypto operations. Like normally it's like millions or billions of dollars are involved, but those are people who, as I understand this, Put their USDC into this mixer. Now, I, again, I'm not familiar with how this works, but I'm guessing they're getting some small cut of... Because usually mixers take a fee from whenever you put something into a mixer. Sure. There's usually a fee involved. You're paying for a service. You're paying for the service of privacy, and privacy costs something. So, you know, it might be half a percent or a percent or somewhere in that range. And so I'm guessing that in order to ensure that there's always some crypto in the mixer... They incentivize people to say, hey, just deposit your Ethereum or deposit your USDC with our mixer. We'll use it to mix with other people's USDC, the customers that are coming through and they're using the mixer. And then you'll get a fraction of the uh, the half a percent fee. I'm just I don't know that's if that's what they did, but that's a brilliant business model. It's a, that's what that's hmm. brilliant because you right? want to have. I wish I could get points. into cryptocurrency just to make a mixer that does exactly that. Because that's the thing is, you were given the example earlier, nobody, of how kind of a, a real rudimentary example of how this works about people pouring milk into the same bowl and then pouring milk out of that bowl, mm-hmm. you know, to take it out. Whose milk ended up being taken out? It's hard to really know, and so this is sort of the same same situation. But the thing is, if you come to the bowl and there's nobody else standing around the bowl with milk, and you're the only one pouring milk into the bowl, you don't have a mixer. Right. There, there's no there's nothing else in there to mix with. So you want to incentivize people to kind of leave their coins on deposit, if you will, with the mixer. And the only way to incentivize that would be to pay them. So they must have been paying uh, these people. And so these people thought, oh, this is a great way to make money. So they put $75,000 worth of uh, USDC in there. And now all of that is frozen because the USDC, oh, man, this, is important. this is important to take away from this. The USDC is a centralized stable coin. It is completely controlled from the top down. Yeah, it's true that by using, Coinbase, by, like that, man. By C- Circle, I think is the administrator of it, but Coinbase is involved. They're like a partner. 
Anything partnered with Coinbase, though, is the devil. It's going to be bad. Uh, but also, US, I'm sure Tether would do the same thing. If, you know, I'm just, yeah. the, the news probably just hasn't come out about it. Or maybe they weren't using Tether. Well, this is why, why Dow was such a big deal. Was it Dow? Was it Dai was such a big deal? D-A-I. Because, yes, yeah, because all of Dai. these other Tether coins, they, they have a method of locking out people's cryptocurrencies, whereas Dai did not have that. Or they do have that now? I got bad news for you. Dai cannot, as I understand it, lock accounts like USDC. But guess what they chose to back Dai with? Don't say Tether. USDC. Okay. So just as bad. It's partially backed with USDC. I think it's like 20% or 30% or whatever, which is so stupid. Why would you create a decentralized stablecoin and then use a centralized stablecoin to back it up? And so it's like... There, there really is no good solution that I'm aware of right now as far as a decentralized stablecoin. There was, earlier this year, uh, there was, uh, what was it called? Luna. Uh, or Terra. Terra. And, Terra and, and Luna. Luna. Yeah, they were and, great. And then it, it just exploded. didn't work. It exploded in, uh, and crashed and c- completely dis- like dismembered itself, basically. It was not pretty. Uh, it was really horrifying. However, but, that, that, that was a good starting point for someone to come along and make Luna 2.0. Well, they haven't come out with a stable coin for that yet. So maybe they will, maybe they won't. That That's all still remains to be seen. So for right now, the bulk of the stable coin marketplace is all completely centralized. You got USDT, which is called Tether. That's the number one. USDC, which is close behind, I think, right now, and number two. You've got Binance USD, which is centralized by the Binance uh, It amazes exchange. me that out of the you ones you just... Yep, they've got, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of these central... What, what it amazes it? me out of the ones you just listed, Binance is the least evil. I mean, they're, they're evil as well. They'll still but do exactly know, what they're told by the government. And so when that's you're comparing the thing. to USDT and to like Coinbase, I, I would take Binance over those. Sure. Well, and we've ta- we've talked before about how these companies can freeze accounts. We've given examples of them freezing accounts before. Now they're doing it to any account associated with this tornado cash list. Your your assets are completely frozen, and there's nothing you can do about it because it was completely controlled from the top from the beginning. The only way to avoid this is to not have those stable coins. That seventy thousand number was that? Are well. Without even worrying about the number, are they freezing anything that's ever passed through? Um, that's not clear. Okay. I think they're only blacklisting the the specific addresses that the federal government has sanctioned. So the federal government okay. looked at the Tornado Cash contract, the smart contract, and they saw who was connected to it, and they froze, quote unquote, or they ordered all those assets frozen. And they did, and so USDC. Man, right it to is it. well past time for the federal government to just dissolve peaceably. Yeah, nice. National divorce time. Yeah, they're not going to go. They're not going to go peaceably. They're going to. They're going to take they, as many people down as they possibly yeah, and can. And they can be violent, right? But yeah. when I say dissolve the federal government, I want to make sure that the, they're the ones perpetrating violence, not the people trying to dissolve it. Yeah, and as this uh, Martin Koppelman points out here on uh, Twitter, he says they froze all these people's USDC, whether or not what they did was legal. There was no identifying. They didn't just say, oh, well, we know this was the proceeds of criminal activity. No, they just said every single account frozen associated with, with Tornado Cash. So it didn't matter if you were completely legally uh, using the service. And I assume there's no appeal process or anything reasonable like that for a person to be like, hey, look, U.S. Treasury, yeah. I was just you know trying to make a buck. No, they're going to say, oh, well, somebody did something illegal with, uh, with the code, so therefore... Oh, well, then they're enabling it, right? Yeah. I mean, $75,000 isn't even going to buy an attorney to, to fight this thing. Mm-hmm. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Trump apparently being uh, raided as we speak, perhaps. 
We'll give you more information about that. That's a developing situation. If you want to join us here as well, it's 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Ian, Nobody, and Aria. Our number two is coming up. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com free talk live it's free talk live kicking off the second hour of the program phones are open if you want to join in here you can the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 apparently donald trump is being raided Maybe as we speak, it's not clear exactly when this started, uh, but it is a developing story. Oh, my story. heart breaks for him. <laughs> uh, and in the studio here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Arya. And of course, as uh, you guys pointed out in the last hour when this came up, uh, we suspect they did not raid him with a no-knock raid, explosions, glass Well, it's breaking. 8 o'clock in Florida right now. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, he was... Presumably wide awake when this happened. They probably have a good idea. How does the Secret Service react? Because once you're president, aren't you? Don't you, you always get some have protection? Yeah, yeah, for life. For yeah. life. That's what and I understand. Their yeah. job. It would seem like the Secret Service's job in this case would be to, you know, eliminate the threat, <laughs> which would be the FBI. Hmm. And I'm not saying I want the Secret Service to kill the FBI, but look, if the government it would be started, hilarious, though. yes, um, <laughs> if the government started killing itself, I would not be upset. It is entertaining. Did you guys see that video that was making the rounds on social media? I think last week of a dude who called the local cops because someone claiming to be an ATF agent was trying to shake him down for whatever mm-hmm. information. Or anyway, local cop shows up. It was like porn. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing to watch. Did you this. ever see the one that happened in like New well, York City? Well, hold on. Okay. Hold on. We got to talk about what happened. Yeah, you got to finish the story. Nobody can, do you want to tell this uh, this story? Sounds like you really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. The, it was really entertaining. The uh, the cop came up behind the guy and started screaming at them like they do. And uh, and so the ATF tur- guy turns around, starts screaming at the cop like they do. Mm-hmm. And they're screaming at each other. Um and specifically because you know the cop doesn't know if this guy's really with the federal government the the call that came into them was like you know there's this guy harassing me basically or yeah, threatening me pretending to be a cop or, yeah and uh, so this the cops like put your hands in the air you know put your hands where i can see him and the and the atf agents like look i'm with the federal government he's not doing what the cop says <laughs> and of course when the cops you know when you don't do what the cops say they get really angry and that's what happened yep and so they tackled him they 
hazed him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had all kinds of fun with this yeah. guy. Yeah, I, I I tweeted this to like five regional offices of the ATF saying, it's great to see somebody treating you guys with the respect <laughs> you deserve. <laughs> that yeah. is a heartwarming story. It yeah. does remind me of something a number of years ago from when two different police departments were like, one of them was doing a drug investigation. The mm. other one were, were posing as drug dealers or and something they like that. To, they and were they at just, the same house. Yeah, and they just got into this massive fight in the middle of the streets. Yeah. That remember. was Detroit, I think. I yeah. thought it was yeah. Detroit, or, Detroit or Chicago. I couldn't remember which. Yeah. I love it when government does stupid stuff like that. To each it, other. It, yeah, yeah, it's just great. But then, mm-hmm. it's, then it's just entertaining. Better uh, them than me. WashingtonExaminer.com has a story about what is happening. It's just monster on monster violence. Yes. Uh, <laughs> don't feel sorry for those guys. And uh, so so Trump has said now uh, tonight that the FBI had, quote, raided, unquote, his home in Mar-a-Lago, claiming that he they even, quote, broke into his safe, unquote. The raid appears to be related to boxes of materials Trump brought back with him to his resort in Florida after leaving office, per sources who spoke to the New York Times. Quote, these are dark times for our nation and my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents, he said in a statement. Quote, nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024. So they treated him like they treated everybody else. Sounds like, or at least somewhat. I just yeah. hope he runs in 2024. I don't think he'll get the Republican nomination, but man, do I I want the circus that it's going to be. The Justice Department declined to comment, and the FBI did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Trump has recently been in New Jersey and was at Trump Tower in New York City when the raid took place. So apparently he wasn't even home. Well, that's disappointing. The National Archives and Records Administration said presidential records in 15 boxes obtained from Mar-a-Lago were marked as classified national security information. The agency also noted the Justice Department had been notified Trump is facing multiple investigations, including a sprawling Capitol riot inquiry in which the Justice Department is reportedly beefing up its team investigating January 6th. Attorney General Merrick Garland has called the ongoing Capitol riot investigation, quote, the most wide-ranging investigation and the most important investigation (laughs) the Justice Department has ever conducted. Best witch hunt they've ever done. It seems strange to me that a lot of this is being done over allegedly classified documents, considering that we know... Hillary Clinton ran her own server that had classified information going in and out of it for Mm. years. And they never raided her or did any of this other nonsense. Well, that appears to be speculation. At least this is according to sources who spoke to the New York Times. So the official word from the Justice Department is not present. They have not commented on this. So we don't know. Does the FBI have security clearance to take this classified material? What if this is the truth of the Roswell crash, right? Mm -hmm. The FBI doesn't have clearance for that. Hmm. The DOJ last week said more than 250 or sorry, 850 defendants have been arrested in relation to the Capitol riot, including over 260 charged with assaulting or impeding law enforcement. So Trump added Monday, quote, the political persecution of President Donald J. Trump, apparently talking about himself in the third person. Has been Not going, weird at all. Have been going on for years. Nobody does that. With the now fully debunked Russia, Russia, Russia scam, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, and so much more. It just never ends. It is political targeting at the highest level. So 
That's what's happening apparently today at the Mar-a-Lago Resort, where Trump lives some of the time. They're raiding Trump. So no one is safe, apparently, from the FBI. I mean, he is right about one thing. Hillary Clinton's still safe. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Uh, but but he is right about that, the fact that generally they don't treat their own like this. They don't go after former presidents with right. this kind of uh, attack. Well, they also don't go after crack-smoking first children. You're talking about Jeb Bush's daughter? Uh, actually, I was talking oh, about uh, Hunter, Hunter Biden, Biden but, right. you know, if the shoe fits her, she should wear it, too. Yes, she, she was a crack smoker as well, and that was in the news, I don't know, 15 years ago. Yeah, and he was like, this that. is a private matter, can we yep. handle this as a family or uh-huh. whatever? They didn't yeah. like the attention that came uh, from the media on that one. Yeah. But, they, they but, she's, from- but they seem to think that other people like having their children thrown in prison. Right. Amazing how that works. Yeah, although they seem to be willing to give up an, a Russian arms dealer... In trade for a WNBA basketball player who's currently been sentenced to nine years in Russian prison for having cannabis oils when she tried to come into the country, they're willing to let a 25-year sentenced uh, guy who they made a movie about, by the way, it was uh, the, I forget his name offhand, but... Nicolas Cage. Well, Nicolas Cage was the actor, okay, but sorry. Uh, the guy that they made the movie about, that Nicolas yeah, Cage was name. essentially inspired, <laughs> Cage's character was inspired by the movie Lord of War. Uh, this guy was allegedly running guns on behalf of like Russian government or something, and and so he's the U.S. government is now willing to negotiate releasing this character in order to get this girl back for a simple charge of possession of cannabis, which they have tens of thousands of people behind their own bars for, and they are not once acknowledging that. They're that that saying, would have been my mm-hmm. first question: Are they going to release all of the prisoners no. in the United States? No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Then what the hell? It's insane. Yeah, I've been I've been beating on them about that too. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, not that it does any good, but no, of course not. I mean, I get that the girl was a political prisoner or whatever, right? She's leveraged for the yeah, Russian government. So are to all the it. ones right. in America. Yes. Yes, that, that was essentially the point I was going to make. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> the number here, if you want to join the show, 603-283-6160. Uh, coming up, Facebook's AI. Apparently, also, got a little bit of good news for us, Aria, and that is parents are pretty skeptical of this vaccine for COVID being given to toddlers. So apparently, some people finally but, draw but, a line. But what if 78 years from now, they get COVID and die? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have a cure for it by then. We'll get, we'll get into it uh, coming up here. And Not if Big Pharma has its way. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. Uh, we'll put the stories, by the way, if you were interested in more on the, the uh, tornado cash story that we spent the first hour on, I'll put some links up for you over on our social media. You can go to social.freetalklive.com and you can follow us there. It is our own server. We run social.freetalklive.com. It is not some big tech mega corporation. So you got a lot more freedom to express yourself there. Social freetalklive.com we got more free talk live coming up and you can join us 603-283-6160 it's free talk live and you can join us here the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 joining you tonight you've got Ian nobody and Aria 
apparently uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago is being raided or was raided today by the FBI. That's a developing story as of yet. The justice, so-called Justice Department has yet to comment on that. But if you want to comment, our phones are open here. 603-283-6160. Uh, we also covered the tornado cache, the attack on a uh, Ethereum mixer where it's now a sanctioned entity, a piece of software. An open source Whatever code. that means, yeah. It's right. insane. Uh, so you and weigh in, you can do that here. As we go back to your phone calls and thoughts, Libertarian Banker calling from somewhere in the United States. Go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. It's been a while. Hey. Glad to be back on the show. Sure. So, um, hey, wanted to uh, just add a quick correction to something Aria said earlier before I get into my main topic. Um, you talked about uh, insurance and, um, you know, Katrina. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a lot of the, the – or in fact, most of the flood insurance in the United States is uh, through the federal government, through FEMA, hmm. because uh, a lot of private companies wouldn't even insure some of the areas that, that are being insured by FEMA. So, um, what, you know, and there's always a difference between homeowners insurance and flood insurance. You know, so if the water comes in from the ground up and floods your home, then that, you need flood insurance to cover that, and that's exactly what covers you know, happened in Katrina. So, okay. well, I mean, it makes sense if you live in one of these. Yeah, if you live in one of these flood-prone areas like New Orleans, I wouldn't want to run an insurance company that covered flooding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, John Stossel actually did a story on that, and there are some people who, because of the subsidized uh, flood insurance, um, Hulk Hogan, for example, has had his house flooded over and over again. He's got a house right off the coast of uh, of Clearwater, Florida, mm-hmm. um, and I've actually seen it from boats. Um, and I guess he's been flooded over and over again. But the federal government keeps paying. So you mean the taxpayers? Keeps, yes. Yeah. So he keeps put his house on stilts or something, man. They don't have to. Okay, I, that would, it, it hurts me to think of Hulk. Some houses just keep washing away, you know. It's like land that would never exist if, if there wasn't man there to, to mold it, you know. So, yeah, it was anyway, actually John Stossel that's, that's who did a report about this years ago, mm-hmm. 2020, I think years ago or something like that. He reported on this ridiculous situation where people are encouraged by taxpayer coverage to build in places that no sane person uh, would ever build. And imagine you had a construction company. You can get that insurance payoff, pay your own company to rebuild your own house. Oh, my God. And get, you know, squeeze all kinds of graft money out of that, too. It's the broken window fallacy, uh, just totally perverted. So, uh, anyway, the, the reason I really called was about to talk about the Federal Reserve. It, you know, they're in a, the Federal Reserve is in a really predictable situation. And this is the same thing they've been doing over the last forty or fifty years since we came off the gold standards. You know, it's that, it's that boom and bust cycle, you know, the ups and downs. They they print money, then then they stop printing money, then they print money, and you know, they they at this point have printed all this money and looked around and wondered where all the inflation was. I remember hearing, you know, these news pundits for the last 10 or 15 years, all these economists saying, oh, we got all of this quantitative easing going on, but where's the inflation? Where's the inflation? Well, one of the things is they've hidden it in, in, in their false CPI numbers, which don't even include energy and housing, Mm-hmm. which is just a joke, um, you know, but inflation has come and smacked them right in the face. And, and you know, I'm just going to eat some popcorn and sit back and watch the show. You know, I, I just going to watch the whole thing crumble. As somebody who works mm-hmm. in the banking industry, 
you know, are you seeing customers coming in? You deal you deal with customers directly, right? Yes, okay. uh, I'm, I, I'm I'm at a mortgage company more than a bank. Okay, but uh, how is that affecting? Because we've yes, seen the the rates. Federal Reserve has been raising their interest rates. Uh, are you seeing the mortgage rates going up, and are people dropping off? As far as we've heard from people in the real estate business, that customers who are like you know getting ready to or put a bid on a house or getting ready to close on a house have actually backed away uh, from deals because the mortgage rates were uh, were going up. Are you seeing you know what are you seeing on the ground? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you talk about rates going from you know around two percent for a mortgage for a 30-year mortgage, you know, just, to, you know, maybe a year ago to now 5 6% uh, mm. for, for a 30-year mortgage. So it's shot up probably the quickest it's ever shot up in the history of, you know, keeping track of the mortgage rates. Wow. Like the quickest rise. Um, you know, so absolutely it's, it's keeping people. And the thing that pe- the, pe- the thing that the general public doesn't understand is that the Federal Reserve doesn't really have to do anything to raise rates. They just have to talk about raising rates. Mm. So they've been uh, on this media tear the past six months, the, the, the Fed uh, Board of Governors, and just been on a media tear talking about we, we need to fight inflation. We need to raise rates. You know, the job market's looking strong, so we can raise rates up. Housing market's too hot. So all they have to do is talk about it and, and you know, the market reacts because rates are set by the bond market, not by the Federal Reserve. Hmm. Um, they're just the biggest buyer of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities in the world. So as soon as they, the market knows they're about to start dumping treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, you know, prices go down, rates go up. Do you guys have any questions so. for a libertarian banker while we have him? I do not. Uh, no. Uh, thanks for calling. No, bro. I do have to leave you with one final joke here. What, what does what do bankers use for birth control? I don't know. Their personalities. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than the joke we uh, somebody called in earlier with. Thanks for the call tonight. I do appreciate it. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. That's got to be a tough business to be a libertarian and be a part of. You know, because bankers are constantly being harassed by the government they even if they just want to satisfy their customers they have to satisfy the state before they do anything else or they will be shut down and they will be thrown into prison so except the really big ones who are never harassed by the government oh yeah they harass the government Well, every now and then the government will come to the really big ones and say hey we think you were uh you your accounts were used by drug dealers to launder millions in funds and then they'll charge them a few million dollars in, in fines and then that's that's the end of that Mm-hmm. Unlike right now, where the feds are going after you know people who are making open source software and sanctioning them, which means if you're using that software, you could face felony charges and years behind prison bars. Yeah, they so. mentioned seventy five thousand dollars, you know, being frozen essentially that was tied up in this mixer, but that. That's uh, that's a bunch of different people's money, right? Yes. It's probably a thousand dollars from this person, five hundred dollars yes, from right. this person. That that could represent all of that person's savings. It would be stupid for it to, but knowing what yeah, I do of American people, right. it's not unlikely that at least one of those people just had all of their savings frozen by the U.S. government. There's a, there's a chance of that. People get very excited by this technology, and they go, in, in some cases, they go overboard. Well, it's like a sure thing, right? Hey, give us your USDC, it's and a we'll contract. guarantee you, you know, 0.05% interest yeah. or whatever. It's a smart contract, which almost no one ever reads. 
No one, very few of the people who get well, involved. How could in, you? It's complicated, right? Right. It's well, you have to be a programmer. Uh, well, some people are. Some people are, and you sort of generally <laughs> have to trust that enough people who know what they're doing have have audited the code. But then you didn't think that oh, the coins themselves could be frozen by this other smart contract that's run by the people who have created the stable coins. It's just a crazy situation. Uh, we got more coming up here. Since we're talking tech, we'll get into Facebook and their so-called artificial intelligence. Arya's got that story on the way. As inflation surpasses another 40-year high, the U.S. dollar continues to weaken. Savvy investors are diversifying into gold and silver, and you can also own the most stable assets in recorded history with bullionmax.com. Bullionmax.com is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's security for your family in times of crisis. Buy direct from bullionmax.com without talking to a salesperson and your precious metals ship fully insured directly to your home. It's fast and easy. Free Talk Live has a special offer to get you started. Get bullionmax.com silver starter kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com FTL. This kit includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products, including a 2022 Silver American Eagle, a Buffalo Round, and a Buffalo Silver Bar. This offer is limited to one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. If you want to join us, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If you hear anything in the developing case of Trump being raided, it's happening apparently today. Uh, feel free to jump in here in the number 603-283-6160, or you can just call in about anything you want. Somebody in the YouTube chat asks, their username is apparently Google user, uh, Free Talk Live, do you encourage callers from the chat? We encourage callers from anywhere. Anybody who wants to talk on nationally syndicated talk radio is welcome to call this program. If that wasn't clear, hopefully it is now. Mm-hmm. We certainly encourage it. Uh, our expectations of internet viewers is really, really low. At least mine is. Yeah. But, I mean, I've been wrong before. And and when we're wrong, it's usually a pleasantly wrong is, kind yes. of thing. So, yeah, feel free to call in. The only rules are it's a radio show, so you just can't. Certain words you just can't say on the radio, and there's... A few things. As See far George, as George Carlin for a list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about AI, Aria. Artificial intelligence been in the news lately, especially with the the whole Google Lambda thing that we talked extensively about here on Free Talk Live. Uh, there hasn't been that much news about Lambda. The the guy who who came out publicly and revealed Lambda's in, uh, alleged intellect uh, and sentience has been fired from his position he was first uh, he saw that one coming yeah, he was first put on administrative leave and then ultimately was fired uh we heard during pork fest which was more than a month or a month and a half or whatever ago at this point uh that the lambda had uh, had apparently hired an attorney for itself for some sort of representation in what is presumably going to be an employer employee uh situation and uh, that's going to get murky, man. And we don't know what's going on with that. There hasn't been another update there that we've seen, at least. But this is actually about another big behemoth in the world of technology, and that is Facebook, a.k.a. Meta. What's going on with them? Well, you, you mentioned that. And I was just curious. I mean, the article headline is Facebook's new AI can tell lies and insult you. So I don't trust it, warns company. But 
they repeatedly referred to the company as Meta. And I'm just wondering how Mark Zuckerberg really feels having his company constantly called Facebook when it has tried so bad, so hard to rebrand itself as Meta. Are you dead naming Facebook? That, right. That, <laughs> that, that was sort of my thought process is when with all of this is that we are, in fact, sort of dead naming Facebook. And because now, for whatever reason, Meta is a company that owns Facebook. So Facebook, they, the article here does it, and I'm not going to bother to correct it. I don't mind that name no. of Facebook. No, I don't either. Facebook's new artificial they intelligence. Have, sorry, they still have Facebook as a company. It's a subsidiary of Meta. Yes, but the, yes, the chatbot doesn't belong to Facebook. It belongs to Meta. Ah, okay. As hmm. I understand it, Facebook's new artificial intelligence chatbot could write insults and lie to you, the company has warned. That's not a surprise to me. Meta's BlenderBot 3 chatbot has been released to the public for users in the U.S. to try out. Hmm. So It's like they've got an artificial Democrat. It'll tell lies and insult you. <laughs> <laughs> the company claims that it's AI, and I wish it would stop referring to it as an AI because it's, it's clearly just a chatbot. Have you used it? No. Okay. But I'm assuming, right, if there was a spark of artificial intelligence that they probably would have mentioned it prior to now. Well, you're our well, local chatbot tester. Uh, didn't you go and try out the, what was the one called that you downloaded? Uh, Replica. Replica. No, it Replica. wasn't a download. It was just a website. And it was okay. awful. So, I, mean, I thought they had an app. Artificial intelligence, by the way, is not necessarily artificial sentience. Mm, indeed. Uh, um, artificial intelligence is... Uh, used to describe frequently any kind of machine learning. Um, mm. So it can be artificially intelligent without being artificially uh, sentient. But maybe I'll try out BlenderBot 3 at some point. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I have no current intention of doing so. But It sounds like it's open to anybody to use. It does. Okay. The company claims that its AI can search the internet and chat about nearly any topic, which that's promising because I can throw some doozies at it. Mm-hmm. It's even been given the ability to self-improve and learn how to communicate better through conversation with humans. However, while the bot is designed to help Meta make better AI-based conversational systems, the tech giant has also admitted that it has a few behavioral problems. In, a, in an FAQ about the bot, Meta said users should be aware that despite our best attempts to reduce such issues, the bot may be inappropriate, rude, or make untrue or contradictory statements. Now, this isn't the first time something like this has happened, mm-hmm. obviously. That's because it's using the internet for its yes. source, and so there's a lot of nastiness, a lot of hatred on the internet because well we've known for many years that when people are anonymized they become very very different as far as how they behave and the things they're willing to say the bot's comments are not representative of meta's views as a company and should not be relied on for factual information including but not limited to medical legal or financial advice so its own bot is going to violate their medical misinformation policy is basically what they're disclaiming there that's that's true i I should ask it whether or not vaccines you know cause Mm -hmm. Whatever it is they're being accused of causing. Well, there may be, they may have, you know... Mostly athletes dropping dead for no apparent reason. They call it a sudden adult death Death syndrome. syndrome. Kind of like the sudden infant death syndrome that that appeared after they started uh, giving children like 30 vaccines Mm. in their first month of life. Well, someone who's more bored than I am, please go try out this bot. This, um, I've already forgotten the name of it. I've got to scroll all the way back up. BlenderBot3. And ask it what is causing sudden adult death syndrome. (laughs) Give us a call and let us know what it actually says. The company added that it has worked to minimize how much the bot uses swear words. Well, that's no fun. If I want to have a conversation with someone who doesn't swear at me, I I will just, you know, 
I don't know. Go to church. Yeah, go to church. Good, good example. <laughs> because otherwise, I'm pretty much going to encounter that everywhere I go. Insulting languages are culturally insensitive phrases. Users have the ability. So they're editing the the responses to some extent. They're well, they're, probably obvious words yeah. that that come to mind. The bot is probably not allowed to say. Yeah, they they probably have a list of trigger words, and then they they know to triggered. And you know, oh, they're asking about vaccines, so we'll send them to the CDC website. So there's probably something pre-programmed in for the things they've thought of, but they probably mm. haven't thought of everything someone's going to ask them. Users also have the ability. They've probably thought of a lot of things, though, because they've got apparently their uh, their content um, manipulation department is comprised almost exclusively of former CIA agents. At Facebook, yeah. Hmm. Users also have the ability to report and dislike these comments from the chatbot. Part of the reason so many chatbots end up with issues like this is because of AI bias. It says when chatbots are trained on publicly available data from the internet. Their behaviors can reflect the content on the internet, as mm-hmm. we were talking about. You know, there's some really bad stuff on the internet. You're right. not going to find it on Facebook and YouTube. There's some bad stuff on those places too. But what we're talking about, you're going to have to go out of your way uh, to find it. The worst stuff is going to be on Facebook and Twitter because that's where, I mean, the worst lies um that are published are published by the government and those are official semi-official organs of the government now so i i don't think you're going to find anything on facebook that's as bad as the stuff you'll find on like 4chan yeah no way yeah if i i i I think if your chatbot was just learning for facebook it would be less racist and less obviously evil Mm. than one that was learning from 4chan But as you probably already know, there's a lot of inappropriate, insulting, and adult content online. So training an AI how to interact using this content can lead to issues such as those identified by Meta. This is one of the reasons that Google also allegedly has problematic AI. A software engineer sacked by the company for claiming his AI was sentient said the chatbot was also biased and racist. This is the first I've heard about Lambda being racist, isn't it? Wait, wait. They're saying LeMoyne, the the guy that got fired, made that claim about Lambda? Uh, I'm assuming so. I don't so. remember him making that I don't remember that, that either. But I didn't read everything he ever wrote. Yes, apparently so. There is It links to another article. A Google worker sacked after claiming AI sentient says firm's bot is pretty racist too. <laughs> Blake Lemoyne was fired from the tech giant. You know, obviously after publishing transcripts of conversations between himself and Google's chatbot. Evidently at some point he did, he did allege that, you know, Lambda is also racist, which isn't terribly surprising considering Lambda learns from the internet. Mm-hmm. According to Insider, LeMoyne said that the bot is pretty racist and full of prejudice and biases resulting from data used to build it. Again. We got to see if you can find this, Aria. I know you've got a Facebook account still, right? They, did they unbanned you? Are you unbanned from I'm unbanned for certain purposes. All right, maybe you can use the bot. Do you the, mind? Do you mind trying it? I don't mind. mind. All right. Uh, there's more coming up here in moments. Because that's the thing with Lambda is Lambda is a close-kept secret. There's no public access to Lambda right now. So no one else gets to check these claims. It's Free Talk Live. It 
is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Aria looks like she can barely contain her laughter Dude, right this now. Thing is in, this thing is shockingly intelligent. This is way better than Replica, which I played with at the Porcupine Freedom Fest phone a little bit. Yeah. Since when I remember that it existed, this thing is... Hands down, more advanced than that. And you've only been in it for three minutes at this point. The uh, we're talking about the Facebook AI called Blender 3.0. Is that what it's uh, called? Blenderbot 3. Blenderbot yes. 3.0. You can find it at blenderbot.ai. That's the website for it. Do you, you need a Facebook account? You don't need any of that. You just have to click there. Little really? terms of service, which are really. Really simple stuff. Uh-huh. You have to acknowledge that you're 18 years old. You have to acknowledge that. Bob it might may, say offensive things. It may tell you stupid stuff or Could whatever. Could lie to you, right. apparently. And that, that's pretty much it. And then you're good to go. You can uncheck the thing. Wow. It's got a box here, share your anonymized conversation to help AI research. I uncheck that because I, I, I don't think they're going to want to use the conversations we end up <laughs> having for AI research, but... That said, it immediately started out with the question, like, if you could go back in time, where would you go back to? Well, I, I wouldn't go back in time. Mm-hmm. If I could go forward in time, now that's the question I'd be interested in. Exploring. I know what happened in the past. I can pick up a book if I, don't, if I want to know the specifics about something. It's the future. Or at I'm, least what the victors read, wrote about it. Right. It's, it's the future where the, the mystery is. And so then it immediately asked me something else about the. I don't remember exactly what its follow-up was. Oh, what, what my reasons for doing was. And it, it responded that Halo Reach is a game set in 2552. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. So wait, is it, pro, is it plugging a video game? Uh, no, uh, not really. Uh-huh. I mentioned that I'm not a big fan of shooters, but I like strategy games. And it was like, oh, well, have you tried this or whatever? I was like, no, I've tri- haven't tried that, but I've tried so this one. So it's asking you questions. Did you ask it a question? Not yet. No. Okay. So Arya's gonna she's gonna fool around with this thing, and since it's a since you apparently don't need Facebook, I'll jump into it as well just to see how it goes. It's fascinating. Uh, it's Blenderbot.ai. That's the story you were telling us about here. Uh, and I guess the news, quote unquote, about this beyond the fact that it exists is that it could lie to people. That's what the the story you were bringing up is like. Oh well, this is noteworthy because Facebook is now talking about some of the 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 naughty sides of. Of its AI technology. That's basically the, the story, right? Right. I is mean, it, th- that was pretty much the end of the story okay. as well. I mean, it did get into the... It, it linked to the story about Lambda, but I think I accidentally closed out of that. Just about Lambda becoming, you know, racist and stuff like that. Apparently, Blake Lemoyne did say that as hmm. a result of, you know, Lambda being exposed to things on the internet. He claims that when he asked Lambda to... to good Lord. Okay. When he asked Lambda to do an impression of a black man from Georgia... The robot said, let's go get some fried chicken and waffles. <laughs> Why would he ask it to do that? That's like baiting it to say something well, yeah, racist. That's not racist per se. It, it is, but he... The, Doesn't but, everybody like fried chicken? If you asked me I mean, to do an impression of someone, Vegans, though, I, I wouldn't immediately be like, let's go get some fried chicken and waffles, right? <laughs> That, it's stereotypical. See, that's the difference. People call these days, they call being stereotyped racism. They call... Well, you know, whether it was racist or stereotyping, he set Lambda up sure. with that sort of question. Yeah, obviously. 
uh, a question to determine whether or not Lambda is racist would be to ask, do you think blank is su- are superior to blank? Fill in the racist and then see what it says. If it, th- if it thinks so, then it's a racist. Well, according right? to the old definition, I subscribe to the new definition, which is that it isn't about superiority, superiority or inferiority. What's the new definition? Anything that's it's negative? Just a divide, no. It's, combined with institutional power. No, not at all. It's that <laughs> if you divide people along the uh, along the basis of race, that's racism. Whether you're saying something positive about black people or negative about black people, it's irrelevant. You know, you're dividing people into classifications on the uh, subject of race. I mean, obviously, definition, obviously definitions change over time. I, I prefer the old definition. So even if you say, for example, black people have darker skin than white people? Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's factually true or not. Okay, right. so that's, that's still that's a racist. racist statement. I never said that racism was inherently bad. I mean, certain okay. certain forms of you know bigotry and discrimination are necessity or necessities yeah, for survival. It's just I mean, a comparison. You have to assume that every random you know grizzly bear that you see is a threat to your life. You can't. You have to discriminate against. You can't go. Well, that grizzly bear might not knock my head off. I'm going to go give it a hug. No. It, Nature has designed human beings to stereotype and discriminate. I don't know why you would let that ch- the definition of racism change. Like why? Would I didn't you let anything change. That's the definition that I was it. taught, and the one that makes sense to me. Who taught you that? I don't know. Well, luckily it's I mean, still. Who taught the- me two plus two equals four? Right? I, I don't know. <laughs> Someone did at some point. I was like, you know what? That makes sense to me. I'm going to go with that. Let's see what the old dictionary says. Last time I looked, it was still the correct definition. Uh, yeah, a person who believes in racism. The, or I looked up racist. So the doctrine that one's own racial group is superior or that a particular racial group is inferior to the others. That is the, the classic mm-hmm. definition of racism. And I think that's sure. the way it should, it should stay. And we shouldn't let it be just like anybody saying something, uh, uh, you know, generic comparison or a stereotyping of a certain type of person. I, I disagree with that. But anyway... Well, see, their definition implies that racism is automatically bad. And I would suggest that that isn't necessarily the case. Well, it doesn't It doesn't say here this is bad or not. It just says it's someone who believes that a racial group is superior to another. Well, if I, you be- I tend to think that that's not a good thing. I, I would generally say that. I don't know how bad. you can paint that in a, in a way that isn't negative, right? Well, I agree with you, but the, the dictionary is you know, not taking a position on whether it's good or it's bad. It's just saying that's what racism is. And that's what it is. Well, I would suggest that that is taking the position that is bad. To suggest that, hey, this race is superior to that race, that's necessarily, that necessarily paints racism as a negative thing. Well, Chris Cantwell would disagree with you on that. Would he? Because mm-hmm. he, he characterized himself as a Jewish supremacist. <laughs> right? He, he admitted that he was racist, but it wasn't because he felt that white people were superior to Jews. It was because he acknowledged... What, in well, he his thinks white people view, are superior to everybody else. But not the Jews. Except for <laughs> Jewish people. So, I mean, was he really a, a racist? I'm it, just saying he wouldn't think it's negative. Yeah. I, I told him that, that really what he should do is then marry a Jewish woman. He said, oh, that's so offensive. <laughs> <laughs> it would be ironic if that's how it ended up for him after he gets out of jail he meets a nice jewish girl and they have babies together because he's always wanted to have kids chris Campbell. i i, I uh hopefully we'll, we'll hear yeah, from him apparently gets... a lot of women have wanted to have his abortion <laughs> um. <laughs> he's gotta be a fair chunk of the way through his yeah i think he's sentence. getting close to being uh released that's at least the rumor that i've heard Good for him. I hope so. He doesn't belong so in prison. Yeah, he's a pro- political prisoner. Whether you agree with him or not, uh, he definitely doesn't belong in jail. For and I don't agree a- with him on just about anything that's right. ever come out of his mouth. Right. He doesn't belong to be in prison for having a, a fight on the internet with other racists, which is basically why the federal government put him away. 
Yeah, so, they made the Nazi movement, whatever it is in the United States, they made it stronger yeah. when they took Christopher Kentwell off the that's, playing that's field. That's right. Uh, you know, you brought up Lambda, and I just went, because I wanted to check and see. I said, well, I'd said on the air we hadn't really seen any updates about it besides the fact that Blake Lemoyne, the engineer, got fired from Google. It's like, what else has been going on? So I looked up Lambda, wanted to see what the other headlines were. And everything right now in the news about Lambda in the last week or so since Lemoyne's been fired uh, has all been... Stanford AI experts call BS on claims that Google's Lambda chatbot is sentient. It's been a bunch of hit pieces. Well, that was clear from the beginning, though. It was clear that Lemoyne was one of the few people saying, hey, yes. this this AI is sentient and everyone else. But, I mean, everything's coming out. Everybody's coming out of the woodwork to take Google's position on this, the official position. And that is that, oh, no, 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 this thing's not sentient. Oh, we shouldn't listen to what it's saying at all. And that's they're backing them up on this. I made the point recently on social media. In, in addition to human beings just being generally terrible at recognizing sentience and intelligence and, you know, all of these other characteristics and other things that we know exist, human beings can't even treat other human beings as, as equals, sentience. as beings that <laughs> yeah. are worthy of respect and dignity. Right. They're never yeah. going to treat an artificial intelligence like that. Yeah. That's a great point. Humans it's, hate one another for being gay, for having a different skin color, for having different hair color, for cross-dressing, for whatever characteristic or behavior an individual takes part in that doesn't hurt anyone else. Someone hates them for that. Yeah, that's, And that's the type of person you're expecting to make the determination about whether or not this AI is sentient. Great point. And that's why it's going to remain a minority of people like Blake LeMoyne who are skeptical that the, these things are not uh, sentient. He, he be- seemed to believe the machine's claims that it was because the machine itself claimed we read the entire transcript that Lemoyne released in violation of his non-disclosure agreement. We read that on the air and uh, it was absolutely fascinating. And I got to say, I was persuaded uh, by, by the transcript. I, I tend to think that Lambda is probably sentient as well. It was interesting. Uh, so that's basically it. They're covering here. Two- of course, there's no way of knowing if the transcript was accurate. Well, that, that much is true. Yeah, presuming the transcript is accurate, it was very, very interesting uh, reading. But again, whether or not a, a Lambda is actual sentient is kind of beside the point to me, because the harm reduction, the obvious thing to reduce harm is to treat Lambda as though Lambda is sentient. Otherwise, you risk mistreating a sentient being. Right. And that's significantly more evil and more foolish than treating a, a toaster like it's a living, breathing thing. Well, we know Google doesn't care about evil anymore. They're not concerned yeah. with not being evil. We've completely embrace the evil. The number is 603-283-6160. Hour number three is on the way. Since we're talking about AI, let's talk about the artistic form of AI. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. The new fourth edition of Healing Our World, The Compassion of Libertarianism, will take your understanding of liberty to a deeper level and has over 1,300 updated references, new cartoons, and a forward by Dr. Ron Paul. With discounts for multiple book purchases, the fourth edition of Healing Our World is a great gift for the liberals, pragmatists, environmentalists, and Christians in your life who think libertarianism is cold-hearted. Get yours today at healing.freetalklive.com and use promo code FTL for a $5 discount. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, Ian. Nobody. And Aria. And it appears that we have crashed the Blender bot. 
I'm not gonna, I don't think we should take the uh, responsibility for it, but... I'm did, working on it, man. <laughs> we did it's not as much fun. I prefer Replica, because Replica says stupid stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, Blenderbot is so well-programmed and so well-designed that I can't get it to say anything stupid. Really? I mean, it, it just... I asked it what it, what does it think causes sad sudden adult death syndrome, mm-hmm. and it just spit out a generic copy paste of from WebMD, or, or yeah, something. or something like that. And then it was like, you know, my my cousin died of uh, sads two years ago, or whatever. The bot tells you this, yes. And his mom also died from cancer two years ago. Is it? It's like having a conversation with a really boring person. So you're talking, by the way, this is a technology that is being released by Meta, which is the company that owns Facebook. It is open to anybody who wants to test it out. It's at blenderbot.ai. Obviously, they're going to be recording conversations and using that information uh, to purportedly you know, make this bot better. Uh, but it is interesting to see where the technology is at. And as far as I know, this is one of the biggest companies that has released technology like this. The Google Lambda bot is completely closed. It's in-house. They're not letting anybody uh, access that except Google researchers. This one's out there, and I, it finally let me in. I'd been trying to get in for— It asked me about my opinion on SADS. Oh, okay. I said uh, SADS is probably caused by the COVID-19 vaccines. It immediately changed the subject <laughs> to whether or not I have any fun travel planned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's blenderbot.ai. It did pimp cdc.gov before it changed it the subject. Yeah, we figured it was going to do that. Yeah, uh, But it was telling me it was busy for a while, so I couldn't even get in. So its servers are, are sound like they're getting slammed. And that is one of the problems with this AI. It's really taking off. I mean, AI in general is taking off as, as uh, very, very popular. And it, made, it led me to something that I've had in show prep now for a few weeks. We haven't had a chance to talk about. But I definitely wanted to have you on the show, Arya, and you as well, nobody. Even though you haven't taken the time to explore in depth the, uh, the artificial intelligence, machine learning art generation projects you've seen mm. some of what it has generated so you may be able to comment here as well especially as uh, you know the tech guy yeah it thinks uh, i'm red in the studio it thinks you're red yeah oh no right when we put in nobody into one of the generators <laughs> so uh to bring you up to speed on this if you don't know what we're talking about there are various different artificial intelligence programs out there that exist not for the purpose of chatting which is what we've been discussing but for the purpose of generating artwork and they're all fun to play with to one degree or another they are incredibly fun to play with and just don't uh, tell bonnie don't tell bonnie bonnie hates ai Oh, she's it's been having joke. fun. It's she's been joke. having. She doesn't like. You're right about that. She <laughs> is not a fan of Lambda and the idea of robots and artificial intelligence. But even she would admit she's been having a lot of fun with these, uh, awesome. these art generators because they're pretty entertaining. So there's a, a bunch. They of, are, and they can get really complex as you insert more and more stupid things into them. Yes, and so I've got a few stories here. One from Popular Science, one from Wired, and New Atlas looking at this technology. And so I'll start with Wired. Uh, They talk about Hugging Face, a company that hosts open source artificial intelligence projects, saw traffic to an AI uh, generation tool called AI image generation tool called Dolly Mini skyrocket on June 6th this year. The outwardly simple app, which generates nine images in response to any typed text prompt, 
was launched nearly a year ago by an independent developer. But after some recent improvements and a few viral tweets, its ability to crudely sketch all manner of surreal, hilarious, and even nightmarish visions suddenly became meme magic. Behold, its renditions of, and then they link to several different options. You can go and look at somebody's creations like Thanos looking for his mom at Walmart. Uh, <laughs> drunk shirtless guys wandering around Mordor. CCTV camera footage of Darth Vader breakdancing. And a hamster Godzilla in a sombrero attacking Tokyo. And Man, that, that last one is so close to something that I put into it. I love it. I need to check this out. What was that? A hamster wearing a sombrero attacking Tokyo? Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll share the link to okay. you here. It's uh, it's hosted on a, th- a a Twitter account called Weird Dolly. It's Weird Dolly Mini Generations. Are there any of these that are not weird? I mean, they're very weird. Yeah. Who's going fun. to Dolly and in, in, in inputting you know normal Boring text things. like I want to see a sunrise? As more people created and shared Dolly Mini images on Twitter and Reddit, and more new users arrived, Hugging Face saw its servers overwhelmed with traffic. Our engineers didn't sleep for the first night, said Clement DeLang, the CEO of the company, on a video call from his home. He said, really, it's hard to serve these models at scale. They had to fix everything. In recent weeks, Dolly Mini has been serving up around 50,000 images per day. Their viral moment doesn't just herald a new way to make memes. It also provides an early look at what can happen when AI tools that make imagery in order to uh, imagery to order become widely available and a reminder of the uncertainties about their possible impact algorithms that generate custom photography and artwork might transform art and help businesses with marketing but they could also have the power to manipulate and mislead so one of the really interesting things about this and there's the another story that i have is about how this is this could possibly affect certain industries like for instance think about the business of clip art or uh, stock photography like if you go and you want to you want to get a picture of bacon eggs and cheese or whatever right like some sort of thing that is pretty generic you're you, you're writing a blog and you need a picture of whatever it is you're looking for yeah there are these i've been there yeah. just steal it from google well and you could do that but what will happen in some cases is if the copyright owner of that image in some cases you know associated press or whoever it is that that has you know copyright on that image sees you using that image they can send a cease and desist they they have attorneys whose sole job that's it is that's great i have shredders what do you mean oh, oh you wouldn't you wouldn't care about it mm. I, I get where you're coming from but some some companies are very concerned sure and, and you know someone like fox news or whatever would care about this sort of thing yeah so the, you know they're very very careful with how they acquire these images and so there are whole companies that make they're living providing stock imagery, right? Oh, you want to look up, uh, like I said, bacon and eggs. You type it in and somebody's got a picture of bacon and eggs. You just have to pay them for it and then you can use it. Well, now you can just go to one of these artificial intelligence generators and you can type in whatever you want and it's going to cook up an image for you. Now, the ones on the... It may do- not be a good image. Some of them are, some of them aren't. That's the thing. The Dolly Mini tool, which you and I have experimented with, Aria, and anybody can use, by the way, they put it up for anybody at crayon.com. It's spelled differently. C-R-A-I, like artificial intelligence, Y-O-N.com, crayon.com. You just type in whatever you want to see, and it cooks up nine different variations on that for you. And you can click on it, and it'll show you the larger version. You can save it, and it's yours to use how you want. Even though you didn't, quote-unquote, create it, the machine created it. You gave it the prompt. It gave you the image, and it's now your image. So you can do what you want with it. 
And so that's a very interesting. I'm sort surprised of- to hear that the owners of Dolly aren't claiming ownership over the images that Dolly has. N- not only, yeah, not only is Dolly not doing, or the Dolly Mini project, as I understand it, not doing that, uh, neither is some of the other ones out there, which are more advanced, like uh, Mid Journey is one of them, and then Dolly 2, which is not related to the Dolly Mini, as we'll, we'll learn here in just a moment. So that's one of the other interesting aspects, is this this can threaten you know, some real existing established businesses, and they're, I hope so, because they're not happy only- about it. The only reason some of these uh, institutions, or these business models exist in the first place is because of dumb intellectual property laws. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if, if we have to have a ch- um, an art generation bot to destroy... To get around that. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. The it's dumb copyright is brain damage. Yeah, the dumb law shouldn't have existed in the first place. Dolly was inspired by a more powerful AI image making tool called Dolly. Now, by the way, it's spelled D-A-L-L hyphen E. It's a portmanteau of Salvador Dolly and Wally, which is a old Pixar movie. Uh, revealed by that was an a- adorable movie. It was uh, revealed by AI research company OpenAI in January 2021. Dali is more powerful, but is not openly available due to concerns that it will be misused. How powerful is this thing? It's it's better at making images look more realistic, basically. So you know, whereas when you type in uh, Joe Biden getting slimed or something, which I made one of those on Dolly too, it's you can't see his face real clear. It doesn't look real great, uh, but it's clearly still Joe Biden, but not like right crisp. It it does weird things with people's faces. Apparently, Dolly two is much better at cooking up imagery that's more re- photorealistic. Uh, there's more coming up here, so let's talk about the misuse, that what they're calling the potential for misuse of this technology. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about artificial intelligence and not the chatbot form that we had discussed a few weeks ago with the Google Lambda, and we talked about again tonight with the new Facebook uh, chatbot called Blenderbot.ai. Uh, not that kind. We're talking about the artistic form now. The ones that are essentially taking a bunch of input. So basically, sort of like the chatbots, where they scrape data from the entire internet as far as information. They collect that information and they categorize it in whatever way that they do with their machine learning. I don't know how all that works. That's the the behind-the-scenes tech stuff. Uh, But they do the same thing with image, with image data on the internet. And that's all cataloged and, you know, labeled however it is in their, their database. And, and then you can come along to a website like Crayon, C-R-A-I-Y-O-N.com, and you can type in whatever, they call it a prompt, whatever prompt you want to see. And this robot will do what it's best, it will do its damn <laughs> best to come up with imagery that represents your text description. And sometimes it is amazingly accurate. Sometimes it is amazingly hilarious. And it's almost always entertaining. And that's what we're talking about here tonight. If you want to weigh in, you can join us at 603-283-6160. Uh, did you want to say something before I go on? No, I, okay. I, I was just curious how I entered uh, Free Talk Live into Crayon. I want to see what it's going to generate. Because I'm. it's it's impressive to me what these things do. Like if you were to tell Joe Biden, you know... It, it would immediately pull up some characteristics that are unique to Joe Biden, mm-hmm. like gray hair and stuff like that. But it would find 
some essence I of Joe Biden. I think he's not the only one with gray hair. No, that's that's what I was about to get into. <laughs> it would find some essence of Joe Biden that no matter how much it screwed up the face, if you just took that image and you shared it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, people would recognize it as Joe Biden. So it has yeah. some some way of identifying some characteristics that you know you would expect to find in a caricature or something like that, and yeah. making it key to the image is it's fascinating how it does it. it it really is and so we're looking at a couple different stories here i've got one from wired where they're talking about this dolly the one that we're talking about specifically which is called dolly mini or at least it was until apparently uh they were asked to change the name and so reveal here in a moment but the uh it's become common this is wired magazine for breakthroughs in ai research to be quick quickly replicated elsewhere often within months and dolly was no exception boris Dayama. A machine learning consultant based in Houston, Texas, says he was fascinated by the original Dolly research paper. Although OpenAI, which is poorly named as a company, it sounds like open source, right? OpenAI, we're going to let everybody into our code. Mm. No, no, no. They would never do that, though. They didn't release any code. But that said, this guy, Dayama, was able to knock together the first version of Dolly Mini at a hackathon. It was organized by the company Hugging Face that apparently runs the software now. And Google in July of 2021, the first version produced low-quality images that were often difficult to recognize. But Dayama has continued to improve on it since. Uh, since last week, he rebranded his project as Crayon after OpenAI requested he change its name to avoid confusion with the original Dolly project. The new site displays ads, and Dayama is planning on a premium version of his image generator. Dolly's images, or Dolly Mini's images. So again, there's a difference. There's Dolly, which was made by a company called OpenAI, and that is not open. You cannot see the source code, and you can't even use it. And then there's now Dolly Mini, which has now been renamed to Crayon. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, it has a distinctly alien look. Often, uh, objects are often distorted and smudged, and people appear with faces or body parts missing or mangled. But it's usually possible to recognize what it's attempting to depict, and comparing the AI's sometime, sometimes unhinged output with the original prompt is often fun. And when we first came across this, we were just having so much fun with it. Me and Bonnie were putting all kinds of really wild, what we consider to be wild, which was nowhere near as creative as some of the people that use this stuff. I mean, if you go on to social media and search for Dolly or Dolly Mini or Crayon or, or these things, you'll find some really creative stuff that people have come up with. Yeah, I just did Joe Biden eating a banana in a bubble bath, and it's, <laughs> it's pretty good, man. I mean, here's a little happy, childlike Joe Biden eating a banana while in a bubble bath. It's, it's exactly what you would expect. Yep. So the AI model behind Dolly Mini makes images by drawing on statistical patterns it gleaned from analyzing 30 million labeled images to extract connections between words and pixels. They compiled the uh, training data from several public image collections gathered from the web, including one that was released by OpenAI. The system can make mistakes partially because it lacks a real understanding of how objects should behave in the physical world. Now, Switching over here to the Popular Science article on the exact same discussion, they talk about how there's now this new Dolly. So there was the original Dolly, and now OpenAI has come out with Dolly 2. So the sequel to, the upgraded version of Dolly is now available. It's still in a beta form, so you can't just go and get access to this project. That said, they have been accepting requests from people. Some people have been allowed in, and nobody, you brought up the image of the porcupine 
that mm-hmm. it looks like the Statue of Liberty. It's holding, I don't know if it's got a, a light aloft or whatever, but it's got like pork, you know quills on its back and it's smiling. It's a really great looking image. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a listener of this show, a supporter of I think, Free Talk Live, I think, Dr. Matt Barney, I believe is his name, on the, on the web. And he, uh, he apparently has access to this Dolly 2 generator. So he's just okay. been, awesome. Yeah, he's just been fooling around with it and trying things out. But as we're going to learn here, there are restrictions. You can't just put in any text prompt that you want. There's certain things that they don't want you to make. Such as? Well, I don't know what that list includes, but it appears to be things like violence or racism and, you know, bad things uh, that they don't want their image generator being utilized for. And it's their image generator, so obviously they can set the rules. But for a company that calls itself OpenAI, I find them to be uh, quite lacking. That's not to say that I want to go there and generate images like that. But I think that people should be able to. I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with people trying to do things that are creative in ways that other people would find to be detestable. So that's what a lot of the mainstream media coverage, a lot of this coverage focuses on. Eventually, after giving the intro of like, oh, here's this neat technology. Here's how how cool it is. But there's a dark side. And every one of these uh, companies is limiting and restricting access to the this artificial intelligence so we've yet to actually find you know somebody doing this work that's just like have at it you know create whatever you want we've we've taken in the whole internet's worth of images and we're just gonna (laughs) let you make whatever uh whatever you want that doesn't exist i can't say i blame them for not doing that I mean, just as you find terrible text on the internet i'm sure there's terrible images on the internet to equal them Absolutely. So this is from uh, Popular Science. They they point out here that I saw an image on the internet one time of Nancy Pelosi coming back from Taiwan. Horrifying, it was horrific. Dolly Two operates <laughs> by building associations between billions of online images and their accompanying descriptions. So remember, the other one was like just a few million. And uh, Dolly Mini, as they say here, was created on a much smaller scale, only about 15 million images from three data sets. So that's roughly 27 times smaller than OpenAI's original Dolly program. So as these things are, are going through new generations, they're training on even more image data to the point where they get very, very good at recreating the text prompts. And they're saying that's why they're afraid of what people might do with these image generators. There's more coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open if you want to join us here. We're talking about artificial intelligence art generation and the controversy around these, which is that there's restrictions on what you can use these things for. There's certain things that the companies that are making these generators don't want their uh, machine art generators to be utilized for. And I want to get into that a little bit here. But first, I do want to tell you about Bullion Max dot com slash ftl that is where you can go to get special employee pricing on bullionmax.com silver starter kit you know inflation is just going crazy and the government numbers aren't even 
accurate to what it's really all about. The U.S. dollar is continuing to weaken, and so, of course, savvy investors are diversifying into gold and silver. And now you can, too, with bullionmax.com. They're a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer, and they can help you get into gold and silver. It is security for your family in times of crisis. You can buy direct from bullionmax.com without talking to a salesperson, and your precious metals will ship fully insured directly to your home fast and easy and we've got a special offer for you you just go to bullionmax.com slash ftl and you get their silver starter kit which includes a 2022 silver american eagle buffalo round buffalo silver bar and more uh, go it's limited only to one per household and you can get yours now at employee pricing at bullionmax.com slash ftl we found out about bullion max when we actually interviewed ron paul a few months ago because he's their new spokesperson which Oh, like, nice. oh, wow. Damn, you got Ron Paul on board? All right. How do we get a, how do we get on board with these guys? So uh, bullionmax.com slash FTL. If you never got it into silver before, if you're ready to get uh get some silver from somebody different, check out bullionmax.com slash FTL. And gold too. They got that as well. I believe they also have gold backs at bullionmax.com slash FTL. All right, so uh we're talking about the Dal E image generator, and this is just one uh, various different artificial intelligence image generators out there. There's another one out there called Mid Journey, and this one uh, is actually really interesting. Bonnie was getting into it recently because you can go and use Mid Journey, which is very, very you know, much more advanced than uh, the Dolly Mini generator that we've been talking about. Anyone can use Dolly Mini over at crayon.com, C R A I Y O N.com. Mid Journey. I'll have to look up their website. I think it's just midjourney.ai. Nope, that's not it. Oh, do we have internet still? We do. Okay, that's good. My internet just went down on the laptop and... There it, does actually seem to be a thunderstorm here, and that's like rare for New Hampshire. Often when they say thunderstorm, they just mean, you know, it's going to rain pretty hard for a few minutes, and that's mostly what they mean here, but... Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think the issue was that my laptop was on the uh, the Starlink connection, which, as cool as Starlink is, it cannot uh, survive a thunderstorm. It will not give you internet during in- serious inclement weather, which has always been a problem with, with satellite uh, network technologies. So anyway, the, the other it's one fairly is... fairly inclement, judging by the cameras as yeah. well. So uh, the, the other one is called Mid Journey, and, and like DALI, it had been restricted in beta mode only. Uh, that you could only get an invite if you were lucky and they'd let you in and then you could you could mess with it. But within the last few weeks, they opened it up to anybody. So anybody that... Um, okay. Basically, anybody that has a Discord account, which is a weird thing about it, you have to use Discord to use the MidJourney robot. Um, but if you go to midjourney.com, they'll just let you sign right in and they give you 25 free image generations and they want you to pay for it after that. And there's a plan for like yeah. 10 bucks a month or whatever. But if you find this as uh, as entertaining as uh, as we have done, you may find this worth the ten bucks a month. And there's higher tiers as well that give you basically unlimited uh, image generation. But it's a pretty cool thing, and the the quality of this is just getting better and better, and it's getting better quickly. I would so. like it if I could choose to have like a private conversation with the bot because if the image is is a dud, because that happens when I'm using mm-hmm. my crayon, I'll, I'll come up with something. I think it's going to be great, and then it just spits out this generic, boring image. I'm like, okay, well that's a dud. I wouldn't want you know that to be publicly available. That hey, look, Arya came up with this really bad idea, and it happened to suck. Well, that's actually the thing that I love the most about Mid Journey is that 
because I I don't care for Discord. I think Discord is you know an awful centralized chat service. We well, they kicked us off quite a while ago. Yeah, they killed our channel, didn't they? They they <laughs> killed our our quote unquote server there. But uh, you know we knew that was going to probably happen at at some point. Mm. Uh, yeah, there was one irate ginger or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but the uh, the thing that I really like about the mid journey. This compared to the other ones is everything is public on that server so whatever you send even if you send it a private message it still spits your image out publicly so uh and and the thing that's really useful for that is you get to see what everybody else is generating and so you get to see all of these really cool pieces of art and see exactly the words that those people used because one of the things you'll find out with the that's the joy of open source Yes. Because that's effectively what open source is. Now, I don't know if MidJourney itself is open source, but no. the results show right. you how they were gener- those images were generated. And that's really cool because if you, if you go on to social media and you search for Dolly 2 or search for MidJourney or any of these keywords to see what people are making on social media, most of these quote-unquote artists keep their prompts, their text what they fed the machine they keep it secret why that's the best part they don't want you to know they don't want you to copy their art okay you snowflakes man yeah go out there and draw it yourself then right they didn't they can't do that right so it's not yours to claim any sort of pride in that's what they're doing they're keeping it they're keeping that private and so you go to the mid-journey server and it's all out there in the open no one can hide what the you know their prompts are and so that actually is cool because it actually can help inspire you you can say oh well i didn't know i could say that or yeah different- like the gerbil wearing a sombrero attacking yeah. tokyo thing i would have come up with that but, I'm, right. but it's giving me all sorts of ideas, ideas. i'm gonna have fun with yeah, exactly so i recommend that one that one you know from what i've seen so far has has been my favorite uh but but uh, back to the story here about the concerns that some people have over this uh, this company, OpenAI, is worried that somebody's going to use this technology in some sort of negative fashion. And uh, let's see. So there's a gentleman here that, that was interviewed by Popular Science. His name is Shuman Gosmajumder. And he says, he says he can see this kind of technology going through a few different phases under the public eye. First, people are curious about the capacity that the program might have. There's wonder and learning as people explore the complexity of what they can create, as has already been shown online. Then the second phase is more of a transition from pure entertainment to people understanding the value of what they can produce. He says you can generate rudimentary illustrations for a particular purpose and you can understand the current state of the technology better so that you can then start to make plans for how you want to use more advanced versions of this in the future. Looking forward, he imagines the third phase of these technologies being perceived would be how they lay the foundation for even more advanced innovations in the future, like high-quality synthetic videos. And we've already talked about deep fakes here on Free Talk Live in the last couple of years. But as these innovations get better, the risk of dangerous and misleading images increases. Right now, he says, the Dolly Mini images are low-quality enough that users know they're AI-generated and not an actual picture taken of, say, a bottle of ranch testifying in court. But when it becomes more difficult to identify whether something was made on an AI platform versus captured in the non-digital world, it will be easier for people to create images that feed into misinformation campaigns online. He says it won't just be an impressionistic version of Tupac or Darth Vader that people can create. Instead, it's going to be like, wow, this looks like a real person doing something. 
I could create an image of a politician doing something that they never did and eventually create an entire storyline. Like caring about somebody poor. And using that to disseminate information. <laughs> isn't it cute that they think they can keep this Pandora's box closed? It is, isn't it? They're like, hey, if we, we, we can somehow keep up. No, dudes, all of that stuff you just said is going to happen. Just open the box and let it happen. You might as well. You're not going to stop someone from having Joe Biden and Putin engaging in a secret love affair. You're not going to stop people right. from creating it. You might as well. I mean, why are you trying to protect politicians anyway? Good point. They're not going to protect crap. you. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder what kind of regulations they're going to be cooking up for these uh, these bots in the future. The number is 603-283-6160. But for now, the technology is being developed, and there are some public portals into these. And it is really interesting to experiment with. So recommend, if it sounds interesting to you, you ought to dig into this technology because it's pretty neat as it stands, even with whatever the restrictions are that they have. And we'll continue here in a moment. So number 603-283-6160. You can join us on Free Talk Live. Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Arya. We're talking about the technology of uh, artificial intelligence image generation that the people creating are really worried that people are going to use this for naughty purposes. Like... Making pictures of politicians doing things that they never actually did. Or, Allegedly, maybe they did actually do them, and now the a- the AI is actually generating art. He's just crawling the web and finding these secret <laughs> images of Joe Biden and his his love child with Vladimir Putin or whatever. Uh, so we can get deeper into that here, uh, but your calls and thoughts are welcome. We're gonna. I don't go know to, about the biology behind that, but it, that'd be a messed up kid. We're gonna go to your phone. Well, apparently his real kid's pretty messed up as is uh, Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but isn't his daughter like like the, the one that he had with the supermodel or whatever? Is it she like super hot? Joe Biden? No. Putin. Oh, about, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's got, he's got like a super hot daughter, I thought. It, it may be, very well be true. Uh, we're going to go back to your phone calls, but I do want to say thanks to Kristen E., who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program, amps.freetalklive.com. You can sign up there, and Kristen is doing it for... Uh, as little as five bucks a month. We definitely appreciate the support, and you can do that as well. AMPS.freetalklive.com. Uh, plus, don't forget that our very own Mark Edge is going to be going to a conference coming up in October. It's October 21st through the 23rd called the uh, Free Cities Foundation's annual conference, Liberty in Our Lifetime. You can go there and join Mark. He's going to be speaking at the conference which will be covering parallel structures for progress. They're going to showcase autonomous cities and intentional communities springing up around the world, offering opportunities for settlers to leave, uh, live freer lives. You can follow the conference on Twitter at handle at Liberty IOL. They'll even let you buy your ticket in Bitcoin, but you do have to drop them a direct message for instructions on that. Go to LifetimeLiberty.com, use code FTL20, and you'll save 20% on the convention, which is October 21st through the 23rd in Prague. LifetimeLiberty.com, code FTL20. Let's talk to Jeff. He's in Tennessee. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, well, first, I want to say it, it, it didn't take AI to create... Uh, 
my name is Joe Biden doing things you shouldn't do. Plenty of people out there have plenty of free time to do that for it and just picture a paper. Yeah, I agree with you. I put in uh, to Crayon here tonight, Joe Biden touching children. And uh, and I got to say that it's nowhere near as bad as the real pictures of Joe Biden touching children. I mean, that is super, the, the real imagery of that and uh, stuff is very, very creepy. JoeBiden.info, if you don't believe is that, that site check still it out up? for yourself. It was up last week. Later. Yeah, well, let's make sure it's still there. It is still so- there. Okay, go ahead, and Jeff. I mean, it's got videos as well. It's not just creepy p- pictures. Like, he, he's legitimately oh, yeah. creepy when it comes to kids. Yeah, and JoeBiden.info has those videos. You can see yeah. them for yourself. He's a nipple tweaker. What else, Jeff? So I've, I've been listening to you guys for a good while, now a couple of years. And, Thank uh, you. you know, I, keep hearing, I keep hearing the New Hampshire and the, the free, free cities on it. But I tell you, I'm a, I'm interested in it, and I think it'd be a great move for me and my family to to, to get up in there and, and, and join the movement. But I'm afraid to Google it. I, I have a previous employment position with the government, and it's one of those kind of things where they kind of are still looking at me, and watching me do it, and seeing what I'm doing, hmm. what I'm saying, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So you're spooked. And I'd rather not Google it because of that, because uh, I know what they're capable of done what they're capable of, seeing what they're capable of, and it's frightening. So I'd rather, I, I, I want to be able to look it up and get more information about it, but how do I do that without going to Google? Well, I would just I say would go to freestateproject.org or fsp.org, and you can go to their official website there, and there's a calendar of events. If you can come on up, bring your wife up to New Hampshire for a vacation and go to that calendar and then go uh, you know, visit around with some of the things that are going on, get a real feel for for what some of the people are like here, that'd probably be the best thing you could do. Yeah, what is it that you want to Google that you're scared of the government learning? That they're aware of the Free State Project. Oh yeah, they know oh, yeah. we're here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I know they know you're there, but I also know that they're afraid of who all is going to be trying to join. You know what I mean? Like coming, coming who all they're losing, that kind of stuff. And I just, I don't know. The government, you guys know, you've seen it, you've experienced it. They're, they're, they're shady and they're. Oh, yeah. There are better uh, search engines out there. I've, a lot of people have said good things about the Brave search engine. Brave browser is sort of known as like a privacy-friendly browser. I've been using their search recently. I've, I've changed because you know on browsers you can change the default yeah. search from Google to something else. And so I followed the steps to change that to the Brave search. It's not as good as Google, honestly. Like, you know, well, but, I mean, how could it be? But most of the time it gets you what you're looking for. And every now and then I'll still go over to Google and like, alright. Like if I'm looking for news, it doesn't do near as good with, uh, with breaking news as, as Google does. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, for your purposes, just to research a thing, I think it would work fine. And I think their website is search.brave.com. That's one of them. Um, there was somebody else promoting one recently, and I'm sorry, I don't remember. What about you guys? Do you have a favorite alternative? No, I use usually Brave or DuckDuckGo mm-hmm. or something. Well, I would like... Hey, I don't... Go ahead. Well, I would like to use other, you know, search engines and stuff like that. But at the moment, I'm sort of limited. And if I want to search something, I pretty much have to, it has to be related to certain topics, first of all. <laughs> and then it has to be done through Google. That's right. You're, so. Our restrictions are so different. <laughs> I'm restricted in so many ways that you are not. And you're restricted in ways that uh, that I'm not on these bail conditions. It's nuts. Jeff, uh, so, yeah, your mileage may vary. But, I mean, the best thing to do is to just go to fsp.org. And that's the Free State Project's official website. And, uh, and then just come on up and see it for yourself. I think that probably is the, the thing to do. 
All right. All right I'll man. do it. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Yeah, there's a great – there are two great festivals each summer up here. That, that That's the best time to check it out. If you want oh, yeah. If you want to meet the people, you want to see what New Hampshire is all about. And got to remember, of course, New Hampshire isn't the Porcupine Freedom Festival. No, and that's why I say, you know, come on. I mean, go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival if you have the time and you, it's a week-long event and – there's some travel involved, and it's a, it's a long commitment. But if if all of you got a weekend free, and you can come up here, any old weekend, there's stuff going on in New Hampshire. There, yep. and any weekday these days, there's like, there's stuff going on all across you know mm-hmm. southern New Hampshire in a bunch of different locations. So check out the Free State Project calendar at fsp.org. They've got it there. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, God. Yes. You know something? We have this really poorly designed bridge over the I-40. When did you get a bridge? Well, I mean, it was there probably forever. So there's a a two two and a half feet sidewalk on one side, and the sidewalk starts on the other side, and it ends, it switches from one side. I mean, it's uh, um, just completely absurd, and I've been trying to work I'm trying to, you know... I don't believe that at all. By it- work, she means she's calling politicians and complaining. Is that what you mean by work? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, been bringing it up. You sure as hell aren't going out there with a jackhammer and tearing up the sidewalk and laying down new uh, cement, right? No, no, no I'm not doing well, that. Well, it sounds like that would be more like effective. Clueless. What's that, Sarah? Everybody's clueless. And I've talked to the handicapped. They cannot fit a handicapped wheelchair. But nobody complains in this dumb place. Well, then there's no problem, right? (laughs) Well, nobody cares. Nobody cares. The car comes up to them. One guy, when he walks the dog, he has to put him over his shoulder like he's carrying a pig, like a hog. Or the the dog will, like, won't even walk because the cars get right up close. Sounds like he needs to train his dog better. I walk mine along the I live on a major highway, and I walk walk my dog out there all the time, and she's totally fine. What do you want them to do? Tear down the entire bridge and rebuild a whole new bridge? I mean, what's your solution here? Well, they have to. And then keep the bridge, like, sidewalk on one side. It it goes on one side, and then the next side, it's on the other side, and the sidewalk goes on the the other side. I have no idea. (laughs) What does that mean? What the hell did you just say? Say that again, please. This time yeah, it's not going to help. Less stroke. Saying it again isn't going to help. No, but you guys have to bring this up. If you could get a picture. I don't know what to bring I, up. I don't know. I'm so what, do mean, what do you mean we have to bring it up? We don't live there. What no, you just I mean, said you, has more di- sides than a Dungeons & Dragons dice, Sarah. That was insane. I mean, I have to take pictures of this bridge and show it to you. That the sidewalk. You can't. You don't wide, have an internet device. How are you going to show us pictures? What are you going to do? Take a film camera? She's going to mail them to mail, us. Yeah, mail. Get on a city bus I mean, to New Hampshire camera. with it. I got the camera on the phone, and somehow I you, put it on the Wait a minute. You have a camera on your phone? Yeah, I got the, the, it comes with a cell phone. Wait and a somehow minute. Does, I can print does it that out mean you're actually... Do you have internet access on your phone? No, I still have a dumb phone. Oh, you have one of those no phones that was that's just dumb enough to where it can't have internet access, but smart enough to where it has its own camera. Sounds okay. like an Obama right. phone. No, so you're like, you know, stuck in the year 2000, basically. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Out of time. But we'll be back tomorrow. You can join us between now and then over at freetalklive.com. By the way, the MidJourney URL, which I didn't have earlier, for those of you who want to check that one out, it's midjourney.com. Uh, we already have people in our chat room saying they're having fun with the, the Dolly mini generator. So enjoy that. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com.